Welcome back, friends. This is Picks with the Professor, the podcast where a real statistics professor and his cousin gives you college football betting tips. I am said statistics professor, Professor Sides, and you can follow me on Twitter at Professor Sides. Today, we are talking week 14 of the 2021 college football season conference championship weekend. Cousin Jared, how are you doing today? Doing, doing pretty well. I can't believe conference championships are already here. It seems like the season started like three weeks ago and somehow we're, we're here at the, uh, the back end of it. So I uh, just can't believe how, how fast time's gone by this season. Yeah, I'm with you. I was thinking the same thing. It just it feels like just yesterday we were doing the week zero and diving into some truly yeah. awful games, but yeah. there was nothing yeah. else happening. And right. now we're here, at, you know, wrapping up the regular season. Uh, in case you're new here, you will hear me reference the model throughout the show. So a reminder for everyone that my full power ratings are available in the Google Sheet that is provided in the show's description. The difference between the two teams' ratings, once you account for home field advantage, makes up what the model thinks should the spread should be between them. That is also in the sheet. And that gives us a good idea where there's value week to week. In the long run, this is a winning strategy. However, while it does account for recent play, it struggles to account for recent injuries. So what I will attempt to do in the course of this episode is explain where I think the model will shine. Also note that good and bad variants will occur. So as much as I'd like to say the model will be profitable every week, that is clearly an impossible reality for any gambler. The aforementioned Google Sheet contains all of this week's picks. Uh, we'll also post on Twitter any place we don't get it. No, we'll discuss all of them. Any, any place that will add on, I guess I should say, uh, as uh, you know, lines move throughout the week and or more research happens. Uh, all these links are in the description, so check that out. If you enjoyed the show, please like and subscribe, rate and leave a review. We truly appreciate all of that. Um, last week, oh, we'll have timestamps time in the description if you want to just jump ahead to this week's games. Uh, we have fewer to talk about, so I just want to open the floor to you to talk about last week. Last week, to me, was fantastic. You had... Ohio State, Michigan, you had Bedlam, you had games throughout the week, you had all the games Friday. And so I just want to open the floor to see if you had anything you want to talk about with last week. Uh, well, well, I don't want to talk about the AM game. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, true. That, that was pretty bad. But it was just really exciting to see the way that Michigan kind of handled Ohio State. And uh, even, even more importantly than that specific game for me, kind of basically kicking Ohio State out of the playoff and setting up Michigan, you know, before the season, if you would have said that Michigan would have had a, a great chance to be in the, the playoff, I, I would have thought that you were crazy. So um, that was probably the, the best thing for me and, and looking kind of how the playoff field is shaking up or shaking up and, and just how different it, it's kind of been from, from what we've seen in the past few years. I think that's the, the best thing for me and really refreshing that we've always talked about. We need change. We need change to keep people interested. And man, I think this year it might be change a lot. It might. Obviously, we've knocked Oklahoma and Clemson out, who are usually yeah. fair. Um, yeah, and, and I'll put you on the spot a little bit here. We didn't talk about this beforehand, but I mean, is Ohio State really out of the playoff talk? I, I, there are scenarios, I feel like, what, where they sneak back in. Obviously, I think we, other than if you live in Columbus, you went there, that's fine. I get that you're rooting for that, right? For, for the rest of us, I feel like we're not rooting for that, but I'm looking at it thinking, if, if, and we'll talk about the Michigan, of course, if Michigan mm. accidentally loses to Iowa, if Oklahoma State loses to Baylor, if Cincinnati loses to Houston, I'm sitting there, I'm like, Ohio State's going to end up back in the same playoff if we don't watch out, right? Yeah, and, and the same could be said about Alabama, too, in my opinion, you know, well, right. I, yeah, I, I still think there's a way Alabama can get in it if things just really go really crazy. So let's just hope 
you know, of all, usually we're all pulling for complete chaos in college football. Right. At least I am right. right. This weekend, I don't want any chaos. I want all of the favorites to win. And I want us to get, you know, that, that fresh set of teams in the playoff and, right. you know, we make sure that we keep Alabama and Ohio state out. That, that's the thing that I'm most invested in this weekend. Right. And we talk about how, you know, the, the playoff rankings, you know, don't matter week to week. This one I think is, is a little bit interesting because what do you do with Bama, right? Bama was just kind of, we all kind of assumed Bama would handle Auburn. The AM yeah. loss was on the road. AM yeah. was a top team. You know, we all just kind of assumed, yeah, Bama might lose to Georgia by three, seven, 10, whatever they lose, and they'll make it. And now, after last week, and as you already mentioned, AM losing makes that loss look a little bit worse. Right now, yeah. it's. It, I don't know as much what to do with Bama. You know, if they're kind of one of those close losses, they're still in. I, right. I, and I feel like the committee does crazy things every year. You can talk me into anything with, with Bama with oh, any yeah, restriction. Sure. Yep, you're exactly right. Yeah, so uh, it, it was a fantastic week. Something that flew into the radar, right? North Texas getting bowl eligible, winning at home against UTSA. I don't know how many people saw that one. Um, yeah. It was one of, one of my picks here was to take the points with UNT. I thought UNT would keep it close. And we'll talk about UTSA, of course, shortly. But, you know, you had that one was a, was a surprise game that, to me, kind yeah. of flew into the radar with all the other chaos happening. You know, you mentioned Michigan. That was a fantastic game. Bedlam. Oh, yeah. My Why? goodness. I yeah, mean, yeah. Can't make that stuff up. You really can. And, and of course, I feel like most of us are watching that thinking, if you know anything about this rivalry, this is the same thing's happening. Yeah. Like it does every year. Oklahoma State's got a chance, and then they screw something up, and then Oklahoma yeah. wins again. And yeah. but then to come back the way they did, and then Oklahoma gets the ball back, and you're like, oh, my gosh, here we go again. And they get a stop. And then yeah. Oklahoma gets the ball back again in that long – Caleb Williams just running. And I'm like, yeah, is the defense out there? Like, where, you know, in yeah. that, like, 50-yard run or whatever. And, I mean, that game was – I mean, my heart was just racing for yeah. <laughs> probably and an then, hour after that game. Yeah, and, and, then, and then after the game, Lincoln Riley saying that he's not going to be the next head coach at LSU, which right. he wasn't. He's not. He's not. I mean, yeah, what a wild, wild week. So, I mean, I, yeah. I love that. I hope I hope you did, too. We'll uh, we'll move on to this week. Uh, all lines courtesy of Battle Line and accurate as of the recording of this episode. Monday morning. Uh, we're not doing it Sunday night. We're doing it Monday morning. So a little bit more movement on the lines here. Um, no segments this week. We've got 10 championship games. Uh, we've got an 11th game, which we'll get yeah. to. And then, and then we'll yeah. also talk about Army Navy next week. So we're going to yeah. we're going to hit you up every which way possible here. Starting us off Friday night, Conference USA, Western Kentucky at UTSA. Western Kentucky is a short one-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, what's your take on this one? Yeah, UTSA kind of coming back to earth here the, the past few weeks uh, for sure. So looking at this game, I think you could have, you know, for, for me, I, I wouldn't have been surprised to see either team favored by a point or two here. You know, these feel like pretty two evenly matched teams to me. Um Last time they played, it really was an, an evenly matched game. UTSA won that game, but it was really evenly matched. Uh, actually, Western Kentucky had 100 more yards than UTSA did in that game, but yards per play, they were roughly about equal. Uh, neither team really got killed with with turnovers or anything there. It was just a really good, close game. Uh, and I remember talking about it at the time. We said, this is a game that you're going to want to watch. I think, uh, we said, I think we said, take the over. I don't know if you took the over, but I think we said, take the over. This will be a ton of points. This will be a lot of fun. Watch this game. And yeah, it, lived up, yeah. it lives up to the hype. It did live up to the hype. And I think this almost 100 be, points. Yeah. And I think this one's going to be just as good. So no play for me here. I think this line is is well set uh, again. Just get your popcorn ready. And I think you're going to be really entertained watching this game on Friday night. Yeah, I agree. A lot of people probably haven't seen much of these two teams. I think I think you're in for a treat. Uh, yep. The total is up in the 70s, I believe. Uh, 
And there will be a lot of right. points. Yeah, yeah. there will be a lot of points in this game. It, uh, you know, if you had to, it, you know, if you had to make me pick, I would take the over just because I wouldn't take the under either one of these teams. Right. Um, obviously, taking a number that big, it, you know, is a little scary in the championship game. You never really know. So it's not, I'm not playing the over, but um, this should be a fun game to watch. Uh, I'd lean UTSA. I lean them on the money line. They're plus 102, about even money right now. This feels like a coin toss game. So give me plus odds with the home team. Right. I do have Western Kentucky as a little bit better than UTSA, which might surprise some people if you just look at the records. Um, UTSA, last time these two teams played, had a 76% post-game win expectancy. We'll talk a little bit about that number uh, throughout the episode with these rematches. What that means, more or less, is that UTSA played pretty well, should have won the game. They did win the game. Yeah. That was on the road. I think my, my, my hammer home point for why I lean UTSA, and, and I think it's going to be a shootout, kind of one of those either last – it's one of the – I feel like it's one of those last team that has the ball wins or last team that has the ball – throws an incomplete pass, pass in the end zone and loses type wild right. games. But my, my last point here for why I lean UTSA is the fact that they tend to play poorly the week before a big game. How much of that is accurate? I don't really know, but it continues to happen. And so as my sample size of this continues to increase, it makes me think the model's really pulling in the aggregate of how they're playing, which overall is kind of so-so. But when you go back the week before they played uh, UTEP, the week before they played UAB, now the week before this game, I believe one of them, they had a bye week, so they didn't have to worry about it. But the other two, um, and, and there might have been, I think there was a fourth one actually, because they struggled with uh, UNLV. UNLV. I can't remember who they played after that. but I think it was Western Kentucky. I think okay. the Western Kentucky game the first time was after that. They struggled with UNLV. They struggled with uh, Southern Miss. And then they struggled last week against inferior teams. So yeah. I, I, it's not it, – it, it's which side of the coin are you falling on? Are you saying that that means that they're specifically not that good? It's possible. Or is it one of those things where they just aren't quite as hyped up for those games? And the fact that it keeps happening there, just it makes me wonder. I'm yeah. not – I don't love it. I don't, I'm not – with, with these small sample sizes, I can't say for sure, right? But it's one of those things where it makes me think, I, I wonder if there's something there. Again, UTSA played them really well on the road. Now they're at home. Yeah. I feel like if you're getting around even money on the money line, I think that's a solid investment uh, in the long run. So that's kind of where my head is on that yep. game. The other Friday night game, Oregon versus Utah. This game is in Las Vegas. The model, um, a little bit of a disagreement here with where the spread is. The spread is Utah minus two and a half. And I'll, uh, I'll let you give your take before I, I, I come in with mine here, Cousin Jared. So I saw this line it, when it opened at Utah minus three. I was thinking, guys, I literally just watched this game. I'm not an idiot. Like, <laughs> I, I don't forget what happened two weeks ago. Um, and, and then the line moved down to two and a half. And I, I thought it was a weird line before that. Then it moved down to two and a half. And now I'm feeling, man, like something is up that, that I'm not aware of. Um, you know, you, I'll let you disclose the postgame win expectancy number, but let's just say Utah was expected to win that game uh, at, at the end of it. You went back and looked at the box score and nothing really like stood out. You know, Oregon couldn't get their running game going, but they were playing from behind the entire time. So maybe, you know, something not completely unexpected there. Let me tell you what I, I think a big part of that game was. Oregon could not get a third down stop 
to save their lives. Uh, Utah was 11 for 14 on third down conversions, which just seems crazy. Probably not repeatable. Exactly. Probably not repeatable at all. Um, So the fact that this line seems way off and, you know, the fact that I think there's going to be some regression on that third down conversion percentage, you know, Oregon's probably going to get a few more possessions than they did last game. This is something I'm holding off on for now. And especially if the line hangs around that two and a half number, obviously, or even three or, you know, based on what I saw two weeks ago, three and a half, I'm fine with waiting, uh, do some more research, kind of hear what others are thinking throughout the week, uh, and then maybe make a bet on this later in the week. Because right now, again, it just seems really, really strange to me. And I almost to the point where I don't trust myself here because this line just seems so weird. So, so what's your take on it? Yeah, this line stinks. Absolutely. Uh, and, and it's interesting, right? You can talk yourself into this line stinks and go on either side, right? You can yeah. talk yourself into someone knows something I don't. Let's take Oregon. You can talk yourself into this is too easy. Let's take Utah, right? So it, it's kind of funny the way our, our brains work. We, we always yeah. try to talk ourselves into something. So I'm going to take the opposite approach here. And I'm going to say, try to talk myself out of yeah. the play that I want to make here. The model says Utah minus three and a half. And I'm going to try to talk myself out of that play. Hmm. And that's about it. That's all I got. I can't do it. It's the best <laughs> okay. bet for me. Utah okay. minus two and a half. Look, Utah was 100% postgame win expectancy in that week. Uh, 12 win against them. That was only a couple yeah. weeks ago. Yes, I, I'm totally with you. 11 for 13 on third down is unsustainable, but hey, if they're six of 13, instead of winning by 31, they win by 17. I mean, they still win that game yeah. handily. It's one of those things where both teams have struggled against inferior opponents, but Utah to me is the team that I think, uh, I think Utah is the team that Oregon was hoping to be with regards right. to this playing well at the end of the season. And they just haven't done it. So I just, I just can't see, I can't see why this line is what it is. I can't find a good reason to think that that Oregon is going to hang in there and basically win this game. Because if you're taking Oregon plus two and a half, you think Oregon could win the game. Again, not that it can't be right. a two point game. We saw it in the Iron Bowl, you know, just two days ago. But I, if you're taking two and a half, you think Oregon's going to win, and I just don't see it happening. Yeah, well, but so when you go back, and I, I know Utah made the quarterback change. They've definitely been a different team since, since they've done that. But, you know, you, you mentioned to me earlier this week kind of like the rest of Utah's wins haven't exactly looked like, you know, that Utah win against Oregon. When you go back and look at their schedule, they beat USC by 16. They beat Arizona State by 14. That was actually kind of more impressive. They were down 21 nothing in that game and, and scored 35 straight points to win 35-21. They lost to Oregon State. Best one of the season, they beat UCLA by, by 20. They killed Stanford, which looking back, that meant more about Stanford. But then they had, you know, fairly close games with Colorado and Arizona sandwiched around that um, Oregon game. So, you know, I think we've we've built up Utah here at the end of the season. Don't get me wrong. I think they're really good. But when you go back and really look, it's like they have maybe one. They've got two really solid wins. And then a few It's like, eh, OK, yeah. you know, no, nothing yeah. that impressive that would make you think that they would just crush Oregon like that again. And 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 that's a good point. And here is and this is why I said I can't I can't talk myself into Oregon because to your excellent point, I think if we did the same exercise with Oregon, it actually makes Oregon look worse. 
Oh, and, 100%. Yeah. And exactly. that's and that's the thing. If, if Oregon didn't have the exact same thing, I'm like, ooh, you're right. This is a good point. But yeah. Oregon looks just as bad. And the other thing that I will, I will remind everyone of here is that the model knows all this. The model's taking all that into account. And it still thinks that Utah should be minus three and a half. I think my, my thought on it is had Utah played against the weaker teams like they should have and played better, then this to me is more of a Utah minus six, minus seven type game. Well, and, and good point, maybe even, you know, the games that they played before they made the quarterback change, you know, what would the outcomes of those games have been had, right. had Cam Rising been playing the whole time? Yeah, excellent. Point. Exactly, exactly. So like I said, every time I, I look at this, and like I said, I, we talked about this uh, yesterday, I, I kind of tried to talk myself out of Utah, but every point that you make in that direction to me, I've got a counterpoint that that says that Utah is the side to be on here, especially at two and a half. And that's why it's a best bet at two and a half. Yeah. If it gets back to three, to me, it's just a normal play. I could easily see Utah winning a close game, but under yeah. three, this just seems too easy. And it reminds me of last week, we talked about San Diego State Boise. And I said, I kind of went with the, Boise's the better team. I don't really understand this. San Diego State's won 10 games. Why are they only giving me this many points or whatever? This is fishy. I'm going to go the opposite way, right? Because the, the logic said San Diego State's the 10 win team at home. Take the 10 win team at home. And I was like, no, I'm going to go the other direction. And then we saw how that played out. So exactly. I think I'm not going to, I think this season, and this is an interesting point that, that I want to make. This season has been really weird. A lot of your conventional wisdom has not held. A lot of the line moves have not necessarily been yeah. helpful in determining where the game is going to go exactly. i think a lot of i think if you go back to look at the season and who knows if this will hold but we have a pretty decent amount of games i think a lot of this season the smartest thing to do is don't overthink it and in this one i think it's don't overthink it yeah Just okay play the point play the two and a half with utah yeah okay so we'll we'll make it three weeks in a row where you've talked me into a pick <laughs> on the podcast we're one and one we're one on and one picks. so this is this yeah. is a big one this, yeah. yeah this is this is the deciding factor so go ahead and i'm, I'm locking it in right All now right. i'm, I'm going to take utah minus two and a half here as, as well i so, wonder i wondered if as we talked about this i wondered if, if i was going to be able to do that for you yeah yeah so you t- you talked me into it so All so right. now official play for me utah minus two and a half here all right, I like it. Moving on to Saturday, the Big 12 championship game in Arlington, a game that I might find myself at, depending on uh, what ticket prices look like, actually. My alma mater, Baylor, playing Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State is a five-point favorite. Uh, what's your take on this one? Do we know who's playing quarterback for Baylor? Um, I know that the back end, that, that's a rhetorical question. I know you don't, you don't know who's going to be playing quarterback <laughs> for Baylor. Um, I know that, that the freshman has, has looked pretty good here in the past couple of games for Baylor, but I just have concerns about a, a freshman quarterback against this Oklahoma State defense. Uh, you know, obviously they're they're pretty nasty. So um, no play for me here. Obviously, you know, in a game like this, I took a glance at the, the total here, but it was like 46 and a half. And I mean, that's just kind of getting to the point where, especially with two really good teams like this, you know, one play here, a punt return, something like that could really set up that 46 number to go over uh, really easily. So, you know, I thought we had an easy under in the uh, Tech Baylor game last week. All of a sudden, I look up in the fourth quarter and they're at 51. I had under 52. And I'm like, how did this happen? Like, this was easily an under here, you know, early in the, the fourth quarter. So, anyway, uh, staying away from the total at, at that number as well. So, no play for me here as of now. If, if we find out that um, 
and you're going to help me with the Baylor starters uh, starting quarterback's name. Bohannon, yeah, if Bohannon's playing, uh, I may be eyeing a play on on Baylor, uh, but definitely don't want to make a play until I know for sure that he's playing. Yeah, and you talked about that total. I still think under is the way to go in this game. I'm reminded wow. of I'm reminded of two years ago the Baylor Oklahoma game in Arlington. I was at that one as well, and it was the same sort of thing. And I don't remember which of the Oklahoma quarterbacks was there. It was one of their awesome ones because that's all they right. seem to have up until this year. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that game was easily under as well. So I, I still think under is the way to go. Uh, it, I think Oklahoma did Oklahoma. I don't know if Oklahoma State, Oklahoma last week stayed under, but if it didn't, it was only because of that wonky sequence there in the first half and the whole, you know, muffed punt that gets you down with the ball at the two or in the end. I can't remember. And the, I mean, right. that game should not have had that many points. So if it didn't stay under, it was only kind of, you know, by the grace of God, it didn't. Baylor right. stays under last week. I still think this is an under game to me. Um, I lean Baylor plus five. And here's my logic for that. Number one, this is an interesting spot. I am giving Oklahoma State one point for home field advantage. I know this game is in a different state, but Oklahoma State has never been to a big 12 title game and they travel really well. I think their fans yeah. will come out in force. And so I'm not sure if it should be one point or half a point, but I'm giving them a small, small edge just because I think they will um, they'll have quite a presence there. Both teams have done really well against the spread this year. Oklahoma State, just fantastic. Um, yeah. Baylor, good, not great. This is a situation where, like I said, Eileen Baylor, we don't know who the quarterback is. Given that Bohannon was an option for this last week, I assume with one more week off, I assume that he will um, be he will be the yeah. guy. Shapin looked really well uh, in some of his passes last week. However, obviously a, a, a freshman in this yeah. environment against this good defense isn't ideal. Eileen Baylor, just because I don't know what to expect from this game. And if you're getting more than a field goal, I think that's probably yeah. the right move. It's not a play I love. So it's kind of one of those more like half unit type plays for me, just because it's one of those. I think there's value here because this should be tight. If you remove Baylor's first half, they didn't show up this last game it, 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 when they played in Stillwater. Mm -hmm. The second half was pretty even. I expect that sort of game where it's just kind of a slugfest, grinded out, ugly score here, score there type yeah. ball game. And I think there's value with five points. I don't see this line getting up to seven, which would obviously be a huge thing. Even like six would make Even a big six difference could for me. Because yeah. it could get to overtime, obviously. And six is a number that you like to have in that scenario. So it's not one I love, but I just think anything could happen. So take the points. Yep. Um, it feels like a situation to potentially, and this is, I'm just going to throw this out there, potentially you have a better spot for Baylor than Oklahoma State. Here's what I mean by that. Baylor looked pretty bad against TCU and Tech. Both situations they were entering in, coming off of big games, et cetera. Mm -hmm. You had the Baylor Tech game last week where you've got a former, basically like the number two man at Baylor now working with Tech. I'm not saying anything nefarious happened there. I'm just saying he knows Baylor and it's, mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's not that he's telling them play calls. I'm not saying that, but it's one of those, he knows more than anybody exactly yeah. what Baylor's trying to do. He's going in there saying, hey, this is how we want to handle them. That gives Tech a little bit of a boost. Oklahoma State coming off of Bedlam, it's not one, again, where it, it, I, I love it, but there's a decent chance that if there's any flatness from Oklahoma State, any bit of a Baylor looked bad last week because of it being Tech, um, but they actually – you know, aren't quite as bad as they look that I, that I think you're getting a little bit of value here at five, you know? Yeah, I completely like one of the easiest games of the season, I think 
to call a hangover for for a team here in Oklahoma State just because you know we talked about their record in Bedlam the past uh, few years what was it Gundy two and fourteen as the coach in Bedlam or something it, like that either either the last like eight years or the last twenty years or the last ever it doesn't matter what time yeah. you go with right? the record it, in Bedlam being exactly exactly so I could agree with you one hundred percent I think I you could easily envision a hangover for Oklahoma State here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's just something to think about uh, before that game kicks off. At the same time, we will have a match. And this feels like it's been a Thursday, Friday conference championship. It feels like it should be again. It's sad it, that it, this game is on Saturday. It, it's, yeah, it, this should be a Thursday game. I it mean, let's be honest. It. it should be Thursday. It does. It should be Thursday. It should be standalone Thursday where this is all we can watch. I think this will be a fun game. But with everything else happening, you know, is it going to yeah. you know, push the background? Uh, Kent yeah. State versus Northern Illinois. This game is in Detroit. Uh, this is a three-point spread. Kent State's favored. What is your take on this one? So I've been in love with Northern Illinois the past few weeks, and and definitely thought about taking them again here. Uh, but man, uh, I, I assume that their starter is going to be back, Rocky Lombardi. Um, he he didn't play this last week, which definitely wish that we would have known before we yeah. uh, made that yeah. pick. You know, yeah. funny that we opened up the podcast last week with we can't predict. You know, determining when quarterbacks are going to play and when they're not going to play, and then uh, first game of the week. I think on a Tuesday, yeah. The Tuesday, yeah, Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, no, he, he's not playing. Um, so yeah. anyway, I assume he's going to be back for, for this game, but I, I just can't get myself to, to take the points with uh, Northern Illinois here, mostly because this game happened earlier this season and, and you know, Northern Illinois wouldn't have covered the, the three points there. So um, I think this is going to be a good game, uh, kind of similar to the UTSA uh, Western Kentucky game, maybe not quite as, as good as that one as far as just um, the quality of the teams. But I think with maybe the amount of points that you're going to get and the excitement that you're going to get, I think this game is going to be right up there with that one. Yeah, if you've got this game on one TV and the Big 12 game on the other, you're going to not – you're going to think they're not the same sport. Clash of styles. Yeah, Yeah. clash of styles for (laughs) sure. Um, I I think a lot of what I've already said so far on the Baylor pick and the UTSA pick apply here. I lean Northern Illinois plus three simply because you're giving me a field goal and a toss-up game. Right. Seems like there's value. Again, nothing that I love here. It's not one that I'm saying, you know, run out to the window. It's close to even money right now. So if you're plus three even money, that's even better. Yep. Um, the model says that Kent State should be a short favorite. My model hasn't really liked Kent State, but it's been slowly bumping Kent State up and slowly dropping Northern Illinois down to put this about where the number is. So I think it's a relatively fair number. I'm just saying, hey, if you're getting a field goal in a game that could be a one score, who knows? This is all yeah. absolutely a game that could end up as a two-point game just because oh, yeah. of weird yeah. weird things happening. A missed extra point, lots of field goals. This could be the yeah. last game. It was a five-point game. How do you land five, right? It's, it's not exactly. easy to do. And so, yeah, that last game was um, uh, just a wild one as well. I think this one will be as, you know, also. So I, I, I think there's some value there at plus three or money line just because who the heck knows in this game. Um, yeah. Not a pick that I love, though. Uh, the Sun Belt game, Appalachian State is at Louisiana. Uh, another three-point favorite here. This is a little bit different. The previous one, the neutral state game, this one's at Louisiana and Appalachian State is a three-point road favorite. Yeah, in in the last game, and and forgive me, I don't have the final score in front of me. Was it? uh, I think it was. uh, Actually, I do. I do have it up here. Uh, I think it was what forty forty one to thirteen. Louisiana beat App State last time. I mean, I was going to say. I was going to say it was like a hundred to nothing. It was pretty close. Yeah, forty one to yeah yeah forty one to thirteen. Louisiana uh, beat App State last time. So, 
Uh, with that being said, official play for me, I am laying the three points with App State here. Um, App State had four turnovers in that game. Obviously, we know App State is a very good team. Uh, Louisiana is a good team that that has their flaws. They just can't seem to to put away people this year like they should. App State, on the other hand, has been putting away people with ease um, over the second half of the season. Um, I think these. I think you play that game over again. It's not going to have that same outcome at all. App State has absolutely been rolling. Louisiana losing their coach uh, to go coach at Florida. You would think with how highly regarded he is that he played a bigger part in Louisiana winning those games where they were behind or just couldn't put away the opponent. Maybe uh, then he had a hand in, you know, keeping those games close because of bad coaching or whatever like that. So I think that they're going to miss his, his presence um, on Saturday. And again, App State has been absolutely rolling. I think that if this game hadn't happened earlier in the season, and again, App State had four turnovers in that game, I think this line would be even further out than what it is. So uh, again, official play for me, I am laying the three points with App State here. I feel like I could talk for an hour on this game because there's so <laughs> many interesting things to discuss. So I'm going to start off with yeah. this. First off, Appalachian State is eight and three against the spread, assuming I typed in all the numbers in my database correctly, which feels impossible. I feel like I have played Appalachian State every week and I feel like I've lost every I feel like I am 0-11 yeah. on Appalachian State and yeah. I, I, I so I I guess that's right it just it doesn't feel right and, and well, I know Appalachian State's gotten us to the window a few times maybe I faded them at the wrong spot I don't know well, well you did have South Alabama uh one week that App State covered because they that, were going that, that pick yeah. six yeah the, yeah the touch on they didn't even need so I mean there was that for yeah. sure yeah uh, but I, I feel like Appalachian State has been the team who I, I know I backed them once and they they killed they destroyed somebody uh georgia state i believe georgia southern one of those georgia teams yeah. in, a, in a monsoon i remember that one i feel like they had a game where or i've had a couple games where they've been like minus 14 and a half one by 14 minus 21 and a half one by 21 something like that where they, they're winning yeah. handily but they're just not getting getting the cover so that that just i just want to say that seems impossible someone could check my yeah. math on that maybe they're not eight three it's the spread or maybe i'm just crazy um yeah. you talk about the coach i'm gonna i'm gonna make a bold statement here and say that coaches don't mean anything with regards to games I think okay. and I, as I said earlier in the situation the Tech Baylor thing maybe a little bit because you know what's happening but I think right. it's not that they don't mean anything but I think in most sports the job of the coach is to get the players to play hard right I think we give right. coaches and managers way too much credit when things are going well and not an, and way too much blame when they're going bad right I think in college the benefit of the coaches are recruiting I think that's a yeah. huge aspect right there you at, know? at least with the head coach yeah at least with the head coach absolutely What's the effect of him leaving? I, I honestly have no idea. I, I can't say one way or the other. So I, I'm not. I'm not out here. Don't miss. You know. Don't mishear what I said earlier. I'm not out here trying to say that it won't matter at all. Him leaving. I'm just saying I don't know if it matters. Right. I think a lot of times, assuming all the other positional coaches are there, it's kind of business as usual. You know what? what you know he, he's yeah. not like calling key timeouts at moments or whatever. Maybe basketball right. and make that argument. I'm not even sure I buy it there. Right. So I don't know what to make of that. I think it's an interesting storyline, absolutely, because of all the other coaching moves, I believe this is the only one that's really affecting the games this week. Mm -hmm. um, I say other one, really the, the one that everyone's talking about, of course, with, with Lincoln Riley. Yeah. My model has this about a pickle, so I lean plus three. So I'm on the other side of you here. Kind of just like I said, the last game, if you're giving me a field goal in a coin toss game at home, I think there's right. either, but, but I don't love it. I can't make this an official pick. 
like I said, this is more of a half unit type play for me, simply because, as you said, Appalachian State um, is a very good team. There's a decent yeah. chance that had a couple things bounce differently. This is an even bigger number, which scares me a little bit. Yeah. Um, the head coaching thing, again, I don't know what to make of that. So it's not a pick that I'm running to the window to make, but I think plus three offers some value here at home. Yeah, this this is the exact opposite of the Utah game, uh, the Utah line, where the books making this number what it was reinforced what I thought of this game, mm. which mm. made it easy for me to kind of hop on. Uh, and mm. so this was the exact opposite of Utah in, in that sense. Gotcha, gotcha. And you may be absolutely right. Like I said, it's not something I love. It's just one of those, I feel like it's more of a coin toss game. Obvi- you know, obviously the, the, the scenario now is Appalachian wins by three and we all just say, well, that was a waste of time for yeah, us yeah. monetarily speaking, but yeah. that one should be also an interesting one as well. Uh, moving on to one of the bigger spreads of the week, the American athletic conference game Houston at Cincinnati, Cincinnati is a 10 and a half point favorite. I said on pod last week at the, at the very end, we talked about this and I said that I would have had Cincinnati a 10 point favorite on a neutral field. I, I didn't know at the time. I didn't think about the fact that they play home games here. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, um, you know, you added home field advantage. Uh, I'll let you infer what that says here about that, but uh, I'm a little surprised at this number. I don't know where your head's at. So I'll just cut straight to the chase. Everybody knows I was wanting to play the under in this game. It opened at 55. I would have loved the under at 55 here. Now it's down to 53 and a half and it just leaves a bad taste in my mouth. I can't bring myself to bet the under at, at 53 and a half. And I don't think that that 55 is not, not coming back. So it's not, it's um, not coming back now. <laughs> yeah. So, so no play for me on this game. If I were forced to make a play, I feel like that's a lot of points to potentially get with Houston in a low scoring game. Um, so I think if I had to, you know, kind of make a recommendation, that would probably be where my, my head would be at. Um, but man, at the same time, it's like, I really want Cincinnati to get into the playoff. So part of me is just saying, I don't want to be invested in this game because I'm already emotionally invested right. in wanting to see Cincinnati kind of crash the, the uh, power five party. So anyway, again, if I had to make a play, I, it would be definitely a lean towards taking the points with Houston. Uh, but again, I like the total and, and that's gone. Yeah, you have the home field advantage here. My model makes us a 13 point spread now. So I'm laying it with Cincinnati. I'm laying the 10 and a half as an official pick. I can't make this a best bet for basically everything you just said. It's not one that I want to be overly invested in. It could be a low scoring game. Yeah. If it's on the south side of 10, I think it's a best bet. If it does for some reason get to nine and a half, maybe even 10, I like it a lot more there. Again, I have no idea where the number is going to go, but I think 10 and a half is a solid play. I think Cincinnati is a much better team at home. We saw what they did the last couple of weeks. They're starting to roll again. Um, yep. so official pick for me, Cincinnati minus 10 and a half, uh, side note on that total, my gut says, as long as it's 52 and a half, you're safe on the under. So that's my, okay. my prognosis. There's a 52 and a half. You're safe on the under. Otherwise I get a little scared off, but yeah, I, I, I think that Houston's going to really struggle to score in this yeah. game. Um, so I, I, it, I like, I like Cincinnati and I don't, I don't think you're crazy if you do go to the under Well, in, in Cincinnati. Offense has been playing a lot better here recently, but there was definitely a big stretch there in the middle of the season where, you, you know, there was no way they were going to get close to this total either team. Right. You know, Cincinnati's right. defense really good. Then Cincinnati's offense had just gone, you know, out to lunch for, for a few games. So, um, yeah, you, you may be right. I'm sure I'll be kicking myself for not taking the under here, but I was just so enamored with that 55 and then that it went away real quickly and it just kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. 
Yep, yep, I hear you, I hear you. Uh, the SEC game, Georgia is a six and a half point favorite against Alabama. This one is, as always, in Atlanta. Uh, what's your pick for us on this one? So I've watched a lot of SEC football uh, uh, this year, as I do most years. And let me tell you, Alabama's offensive line had a terrible time against AM. AM's defense was, was really good, but this was like not – this was not a, a normal amount of pressure that we were getting on Bryce Young in that game. It was very ab, abnormal. We were getting to him almost every play. And then we saw them struggle with LSU, who, you know, at times on defense had looked okay this year, other times where they had not looked good at all on defense. And then we saw them really struggle with, with Auburn last week. If those things happened against those teams, you tell me what's going to happen with Georgia because it's not going to be pretty folks. It, it, I think that Alabama is going to struggle to get to like 20 points in this game. You know, maybe they'll end up around 14 or 17 or, or something like that. Um, on the flip side, you know, maybe Georgia only scores 28 points in this game, but you know, that's going to be plenty in my opinion. I think they're going to be able to keep Alabama way down. So this is a, a best bet for me. I'm making this a two unit play. Uh, I am laying the six and a half points with, with Georgia here. And I think they're going to cover this easily. Um, I don't think Alabama is, is nearly what we have come to expect of them every year. And this Georgia team is just on another level. So I making it a two unit play for me, laying the six and a half points in Georgia. I agree. I'm laying the six and a half with Georgia as well. It is a standard pick for me. My power rankings make this Georgia minus seven. And I think that Alabama has come back to the pack and is normal enough that I trust my rating on Alabama a little bit more now than I did earlier in the season. I don't trust my number on Georgia. I don't and, know what they really should. should be. Like <laughs> they're they're like basically breaking the computer with how good their defense is. Yeah. Um, on Twitter, uh, another model had projected out, you know, something or another with the score of the Georgia Georgia Tech game and had Georgia Tech scoring like 23 points or something. I was like, I bet like all my money that Georgia Tech wasn't going to score 23 points. And sure enough, I, I think they finished with zero. I stopped paying attention, but Georgia Tech got shut out, didn't they? Yeah I, yeah, I believe that's right. Uh, 45 I think nothing. I'll 45 nothing. Yeah, I think yeah. I think Bama can probably avoid a shutout, but Georgia's defense is so insanely good that yeah. I don't think any computer system really knows how to properly evaluate just how good they are. And so if my model thinks there's an edge, any even a half point edge on Georgia, I'm right. backing them right on this one. Um I basically echo everything you said. I think that this game is going to be a lot like the uh, Clemson game to start the season and that I think both teams are going to struggle to move the ball. But I think that Clemson's defense is better than Bama's. So I think Georgia should be able to score more. And while Bama's offense is better than Clemson's offense was at the time, I'm not sure it matters given how good Georgia's defense You're right. Is. You're right. And so uh, I'm also laying the six and a half with Georgia. I'd lay it at seven. And if it gets to seven, just my two cents, I, again, I never exactly know where the line's going to go, but my hunch is if this line gets to seven and, I, and, I'm, and I've seen a couple of sevens pop up, I don't see it getting worse. So I don't really see a reason to run to lay the seven. I think people will have enough people will say it's Bama, it's Bama in the championship, yeah. the SEC championship game. And they will take it. I, I, I yep. would be shocked. I'd be shocked if this gets to Georgia seven and a half. And if it does, it says more than we need to know. If it actually gets to seven and a half, 
it's almost one of those things where like you said you're like more emboldened with the line you're like oh this is going to get ugly uh, right. because if there's no resistance to that number which i just have to think there is some um then that like i said that that tells us everything you need to know so my, my hunch is if right. it gets out to seven no rush it probably about you probably as long as you're paying attention can find a six and a half and or it holds at seven i just seven and a half just seems i just can't there's enough bama backers out there that i, I don't right. think it, it holds a seven and a half yep um all right so let's now go back to one of our favorite segments of the last few weeks talk me out of clemson uh since one of us always <laughs> plays clemson this is the segment where we usually discuss one of the most confusing teams of the season acc cha- oh <laughs> They're not there. <laughs> Clemson's not there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. All right. I, I don't yeah. know what to do now. Uh, there's an AC championship yeah. game and Clemson's not part of it. So I, I guess yeah. we'll have two other teams play and, and we'll see how that goes. A very foreign uh, feeling. A very foreign feeling. Pittsburgh uh, is a, is a three-point favorite. Uh, yeah, no Clemson. So I, I can't talk. I can't be talked into or out of Clemson. So I guess you'll have to talk me in or out of uh, Wake or Pitt on this one. <laughs> well, okay. So what I did here is I talked myself out of Pitt. Um, because I, I was, I was wanting to take Pitt here and I don't have any good reason for, for not wanting to take Pitt. I, I believe just, and I, you know, I think it's just all past experience with Pitt. I know, I, I see you've got it on the rundown. They're eight and three against the spread this year. I should probably just go with my, my first instinct, which was to back Pitt here, but I just don't know if I trust Pitt in these big games. At the same time, I definitely don't trust Wake Forest in the big games either. I do trust Dave Clawson more than I trust Pat Narduzzi uh, in a big game for whatever that's worth. Um, but, you know, man, it's just, I just can't quite get there. And, and at least with what we're using for grading purposes here, we, we've got a pretty juiced um, number on the Pitt side, even though it's three. So, I, I just can't get myself there right now. Maybe later in the week, I'll come back and do some more research and I'll say, yeah, Pitt is the right play and uh, I'll take it. But I just can't, you know, as of Monday morning, I just can't get myself to do it. It's an official pick for me, Pittsburgh minus three. As Cousin Jerry there mentioned, it is juiced for us. It's not juiced for most people. So I noticed I took a look around the board and for most places, it's minus three, minus 110. So I'm making this an official pick mainly because for you, the listener, especially if you're listening to us, early in the week before this number moves a lot. I think minus three, minus 110 is a solid play. I do not love the juice. Again, for grading purposes, we are having to lay minus 120. So that that is not fun to do here. Um, the model makes us minus three and a half for Pitt. So I think there's just a, a, a little bit of an edge there. Again, around a key number. Right. Um, so you've got that push protection there. So I think Pittsburgh's the right side. I just have so many flashbacks to Wake's defense yep. struggling yep. and I, I just don't see how they stop Pittsburgh whereas Pittsburgh being such an all or nothing defense they are going to give up some plays to Wake. this also should be a really fun game yeah they're going to give up a bunch of big plays and a bunch of points but their defense being all or nothing they're going to get a couple of stops and this this reminds me of some of those old big 12 you know shootout type games where it's one of those uh, it's like it's like tennis at Wimbledon right where you're just you just yeah. got to get a break and I yeah. think Pittsburgh can get a couple of breaks, breaking serve, not not bouncing yeah. breaks, uh, bounce, yeah. bouncing their way right. I think they can yeah. get a couple of breaks of serve. I think Pittsburgh's the right side here. So again, if you're at minus three, especially minus one ten, I think it's a solid play for you. I think it's a solid investment. Yeah. And that one, uh, Big Ten, Iowa is playing Michigan uh, in a game that I think we all kind of at some point shuffled about eight different teams into this game throughout the year, right? Oh, at least <laughs> it was, yeah, it at was, least. 
Michigan State looked good and Penn State looked good, but Ohio State was going to be the team to be there. It doesn't really matter. And then Wisconsin on the other side and Minnesota yeah. had a run where they look good. <laughs> yeah, It's, it's yep. Iowa-Michigan here. Uh, Michigan is an 11-point favorite. What's your take on this one? I'm not sure there's a line on the board this week that matters less. Than this <laughs> yeah, I, I, I 100% agree. I think Michigan is either going to win by like 24 or I think one of these teams is going to win by two. I, yeah. I don't think that it's going to end up anywhere near what this line actually is. With that said, I'm going to contradict myself here. And <laughs> the total on this game is, is really low. I personally, you know, we, the model has been a big fan of Michigan this whole year. They've been really good to us. Um, I personally don't think Iowa has a chance in this game. Um, I think that the way that Michigan plays doesn't necessarily lend itself to a bunch of those game changing turnovers. And just because I think, you know, I always talk about the Maryland game with Iowa and they had six interceptions or, or whatever it was, Michigan, you know, Michigan doesn't even want to throw the ball six times. Right. So um, I think Iowa may have a, a hard time getting some of those really big plays. I don't think they have a chance to win the game. This total is so low. And I think both teams are just going to grind it out that you could easily see a situation where Iowa gets a, a backdoor cover, at, you know, at, at the end of this game, you know, whether that's by turnover or, you know, just a, a regular offensive touchdown or, or whatever. So I'm not playing at 11. I think this number potentially has a chance to, to steam up some. If it got to 13, I would definitely be considering taking the points with Iowa just because, again, I said the number doesn't matter but that's just a lot of points in a really low scoring game. So no play for me as of now, but this is definitely something I've got my eye on for the rest of the week. Yeah, and you need a lot of points I want to make there. The model has loved Michigan, mostly profitable all season. I, I've, I've been high on them. Low total, I lane Iowa plus 11. It's not, um, as I mentioned before, with these lanes, nothing I love. I can't make an, an official play just because partially, maybe it's a little bit of bias in my head. Michigan's been so good to us, I don't want to go against them here. Right, right. Um, partially, it's, my gosh, if they did that to Ohio State, what can they do to Iowa? Um, right. they, just, they just manhandled Iowa State. Yeah. I mean, Ohio State, it, it wasn't even, the score yeah. was close at times. I mean, they just dominated that game. Yeah. But... It's a low total. It's a lot of points. Is there a hangover from last week? We talked about this with Bedlam. It's the same situation. There were a lot of uh, a lot of demons that were exercised there yeah. um, for for Harbaugh for Michigan. This is, I believe, the first time Michigan has been in a Big Ten title game. Um, so I mean, it's very yeah. similar to that Oklahoma State thing. This is just too many points for me. So I, I lean Iowa. I agree with you. I think that either Michigan comes out. And is up, you know, 24 nothing at half, and we're not touching, we're not even watching this game anymore. Or right. it's one of those ugly, like nine to seven games. Yeah. And you're going to coast to a win as long as there's not some fluky and, late thing and, happening. And I think both coaches would be completely fine with a nine to six game. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I think Iowa's the smart side here, given all yeah. of those factors, but I don't love the play just because. Uh, we like I said we saw what Michigan did last week and they're a team that is not one to be messed with Iowa like you said isn't that great but I mean you saw what Iowa did last week they Iowa did the crap out of that game so yeah, yeah exactly it, it, against Which, the Nebraska team that also didn't want to throw the ball with the backup quarterback with the backup quarterback who's throwing ducks left and right I mean Nebraska is yeah. a 
not nearly as good as Michigan, I'm going to say, but Nebraska is a similar team to Michigan and Iowa figured it out then. So this, yeah. this is what they do. Yeah. Right? Again, was there any easier game to call of the whole season <laughs> than that Iowa Nebraska game? I mean, we, we all knew exactly how that was going to play out. Um, Iowa, anyway, Iowa to Nebraska, Nebraska. I mean, just <laughs> as yeah. much as they both possibly could. Yeah. Yeah. And, and for those that are curious, the total on this Michigan Iowa game is currently 43 and a half. So oh, yeah, so, it is. That's it an is. NFL total. That's a low yeah, NFL is. total. Leslie uh, yeah. yeah. And so, like I said, it, I mean, this is just, this is the, the crap Iowa. Now, when Iowa struggles, right, if they uh, get behind big early, this is going to get ugly, right? But if Iowa yeah. hangs in there, this is what Iowa does. And so, like, would anybody be shocked if you're like, yeah, Iowa, you know, hung in there close in the game? They shouldn't have. Like, and I don't, I'm not predicting an Iowa win, right? The model, I still have a model Michigan 11 points better. So I still think Michigan will win the game. Right. But I mean, would anybody be surprised if Iowa wins an ugly game and be like, yeah, that's just what they do? No. Yeah. And, then, and, then, and then the narrative is going to be Harbaugh won the big game against Ohio State and then couldn't finish the job off, right? I mean, right. I, I, can, I can already hear the narrative happening. So yep. for Michigan yep. fans who've been tortured, I, I'm not rooting for that. I'm just saying, if it were to happen, it wouldn't surprise me. So it's just a lot right. of points here, especially over 10. So I think I think yep. I was the smart side, but I don't love that one. Right. Um, moving on to what I do love in the Mountain West game, Utah State is at San Diego State at, I guess, because San Diego State has been playing all their games in Carson up the road. Uh, so it's a, a, a quasi home game for San Diego State, as has been all year for them. Uh, what is your uh, take for us on this one? So when this line first came out, I was kind of in a rush to back San Diego State because in my mind, I had had it that Utah State has had some real stinkers this year. So going back and looking at their schedule, uh, Boise State, you know, one of those, well, we can't say it's the upper echelon and not West uh, this year necessarily, but uh, uh, upper usually half. pretty upper half uh, <laughs> of the Mountain West team. They lost 27 to three. Um, they only put up 26 points against Colorado State, who, who wasn't that good. They only beat UNLV by four. Um, and then the one that really stuck with me and kind of what led me down this, this path of thinking was two weeks ago, Utah State Wyoming. played Wyoming. Wyoming, probably the team that's most stylistically similar to San Diego State. And Utah State got ran over in that game. Wyoming, Wyoming gained nine yards per play in this game it was unbelievable uh utah state lost that game 44 to 17 so my initial thought was i need to be backing san diego state here um because they can they can easily do to utah state what what wyoming did well then i went and looked at san diego state's results this year and i don't know if you've looked at san diego state's results i, I don't year. i don't even not, don't don't even want to hear it okay yeah they're <laughs> they're not that great guys um mountain I don't want to say they're that great. They're a good. They're a good mountain west team. The they don't wins. get. They don't get style points. I guess is what I'm getting at. They don't go for style points in these wins. So their mountain west games. They beat um, New Mexico by 24, and then the rest of their mountain west wins were by six, six, ten. Oh, that was lost. Excuse me. Six, six, seven, two, eight, eleven. They're not going to get a lot of style points. That being said, there is something I like in this game, and that is the under. Uh, and right now for us, it's at 50 and a half. 50 and a half is a garbage number, okay? <laughs> so you would obviously, you know, you mentioned with, with Cincinnati and, and UH, uh, 52 is, is a pretty key number. I would like this a lot at 52. I don't think it's getting to 52. For me, there's really no difference between 50 and a half and like 49. 
So I would hold on. And probably, and, probably even 48 and a half because I, I don't see seven touchdowns happening in this game. And there could be weird extra point field goal shenanigans, but 48 right. is much more likely. I think 47 is more likely in this game than 49 is. I, I, I see it being more likely that there's four field goals rather than to, to right. get to 47 rather than seven touchdowns against 49 and no field right. goals. Right. So what I am holding out for is hoping that this jumps back up to 51. I don't think it's going to 52, but I would be happy with 51 or 51 and a half. Um, and then if I just have to wait and take it at like 49, then so be it. That's fine. I would rather have 49, 49 and a half uh, than, than 50 and a half. So uh, the under will probably be a play for me here, but just waiting on the movement there because I do not like 50 and a half. Yeah. So uh, I, I tweeted this already. If you, if you follow me on Twitter, uh, if you're listening to this now, pause the podcast and go bet San Diego State. Just do, I'll, I'll, we'll wait, we'll wait, just hit the pause button and then go bet San Diego State and then come back and then, and then, and then I'll, I'll tell you why. If you want to listen to why, then you can pause later. That's fine too. Look, I'm, I'm only giving San Diego State one point for home field because there's like nobody at those games. Right. Uh, they have to travel. They've at least been traveling to the same place, which I guess helps. Uh, they're used to, like all the teams stay in a hotel like you don't you know when sleeps in their own bed the night before a game on these situations anyway they'll stay in a hotel anyway so they're at least staying in the same hotel they're getting used to i guess but i mean it, it's 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 like basically no home field so i'm giving them only one point and the model thinks this should be san diego state minus 10 and a half uh, i agree with everything you said but but man i'd already independently of this i'd already pulled up utah state's schedule because i was going to read off some of these clunkers but i mean th- is there a single impressive thing that they've done this season like they lost at home by two touchdowns to BYU. Uh, they beat Air Force by four. That was back in September. They they beat they beat Washington State the first game of the season. That's the most impressive thing they've done all season. Yeah, right. The, their two most impressive wins were win at Washington won, State and a yeah. win at Air Force. Yeah, the first two by, weeks of the season. By uh, two of the first three, they had North Dakota in there. Two of the first three yeah. weeks of the season by combined seven points, and, and, uh, and that's good. And if you build off of that, yes. But my goodness, after that was the, they got. To shellac by Boise at home. They got beat handily at home by BYU. They yeah. only beat UNLV by four. They yeah. only beat Colorado State by two. Uh, they got Hawaii. Hawaii actually looked okay this week on the mainland, but Hawaii, who struggled yeah. on the mainland, uh, you know, they 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 beat them great. They, they beat New Mexico State, New Mexico on the road great. Yeah. Um, they beat the San Jose State team who struggled. And then the Wyoming game. I just, there's nothing there to like. Uh, right. Best bet for me, San Diego State minus six. I, I cannot understand this number at all i understand the total is low i understand that san diego state doesn't have style points but look san diego state beat a boise state team last week by more than this right in a game that wasn't fluky look i watched that game that was not a fluke i had the wrong side on boise state they, they got out early and then san diego state just methodically marched all over them and boise state was a good enough team to not let it get out of hand boise state was a good enough team to move the ball enough and force san diego state into long drives they were good enough defense to, to bend but not break a few times but I mean they got crushed against San Diego State and Utah State's a worse team I, this makes no sense to me I cannot emphasize this one enough best bet of the weekend for me so yeah San Diego State minus six I, I, this line makes no sense just go 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 again if you haven't already paused go play this come back we'll yeah. finish up the, the, the last two games when you return from making that wager uh, next one, a, a, a bit of a segment here. I'm calling this, what are we doing here? Uh, Southern Cal at California, a game of two, four and seven teams that was postponed because of COVID issues earlier in the season that both teams 
last week, had either one of them won, this game has a lot of meaning to get to a bowl game. Yeah, and you understand already, why it's being played. Uh, you understand why it's being played. Um, there will not be any five and seven bowl teams this year. If you have not heard, there will be enough. There will be no five and seven bowl teams. So this isn't even a yeah. win and we're one of the teams that can get in because of like academic because both these teams, yeah. both these schools would, would be able to meet the academic criteria that the NCAA has. Can't do that. So what are we doing here? I can't imagine a lot of fans showing up for this one. I can't imagine, especially Southern Cal, wanting to play this game. You wonder how much they'd all just rather like go home and be done with all of yeah. this. But they're playing anyway. California is a short two and a half point favorite. Yeah. So um, don't know what the total is on this game line says two and a half sure i'll believe you i didn't look anything into this game i'm just winging all this but here's my thing on 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 southern cal so they won big after they they fired their coach and now i think it may be a situation where you know you're a baseball player and your dad's never at the games because he's at work uh but then he shows up you know in the the sixth inning in the middle of a big game you see your dad up in the stands and all of a sudden you got five more miles an hour on your fastball because you're trying to close out this little league game and your dad's there watching you now is that what lincoln riley is going to do for usc here is everybody going to be happy because daddy's going to be sitting up in the stands now very very possibly but but what if that five mile an hour leads you to be a little bit more reckless and now you hit the first three batters of the inning (laughs) well it's it's cal it's a risk you got to take against Cal. Um, so anyway, there's no freaking way I'm playing this game at all. But if I had to pick a side, I think it would be Southern Cal. I think, I think they could potentially get a big boost and kind of some of these players know what they're playing for next year, yeah. you know, playing for a role on a team with a coach that's going to make things really exciting, you know, probably going to get them back on the up and up. So um, I think Southern Cal is going to be energized this week as much as you can be energized for a game like this. Will it matter? I have no idea. Southern Cal is not very good. So um, who knows? But if I had to be on the side, it would probably be SC. Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of money wagered on this game because you've got all the conference championship games and then you've got this standalone game late at night. This is That's the only what one. I don't understand. Why are we getting like, is this supposed to be like some kind of dessert, like after the main entree or something? This is not what this game is. This game this is, needs to be a, like, this isn't a 1230 even, kid yeah. on Pac-12 network. Like, this, this isn't even like fruit for be. dessert. This is like, <laughs> yeah, this is like this, eating vegetables for dessert. Yeah, this 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 doesn't deserve its own standalone time slot after all of these other games that have been played. This needs to just be played right. early in the day, get it over with, and everybody right. can move on with their lives. If you know, if you are uh, you know worked up a little bit after all the other conference championship games, this will be one to kind of cool you down of two teams that may just yeah. not <laughs> aren't very good yeah. and, don't, and don't actually right. care. Um, I actually have these two teams power rated about the same, which kind of blows my mind. Um, yeah. So I make Cal, I make this number right about the the line at, at two and a half here. Uh, I, I lean Cal for one reason. I think their players care more than USC players. I don't know what effect Riley's going to have on yeah. the situation, but I mean, Cal wants to win this game because Cal always wants to be USC. Right. USC I'm sure that there are some players who are going to be very motivated with Riley on the sidelines now, but I think, or maybe not even at the sidelines, just watching, I guess, and caring. Yeah. I'm not really sure what his plans are, right? Um, but if, if either team just completely lays an egg at Southern Cal, I think California will yeah. try because they want to beat USC. So I think that's yeah. the right side. But my goodness, I cannot advocate a large investment on this. Don't chase on no. this game, people. No. Do not. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, this is a small investment. If you need a little something to cool down after all the conference championship games, I think Cal is the safer play because if it's a blowout, I think it's a Cal blowout. 
right. over USC. Otherwise, I think it's a close game and you might have some excitement there. But my goodness, this game could anything could happen with regards to the effort level because we don't see a lot of these. We very rarely see these regular season games this week. The last time I recall one was we had Florida State played a game that was pushed back because of a hurricane. And they were five and six at the time. And so it was a big right. game for them to get the win and get bowl eligible. This one's a whole different story. Um, yeah. That wraps us up for this week. We are going to talk about Navy Army. We'll be off next week before we come back with a bowl podcast. So we're going to go ahead and talk about Navy Army right now. Only one shop has a line, and that's the one that we are using for this one. It makes Army a nine and a half point favorite um, as the quasi-designated home team, I guess, in a game in New Jersey, which I assume that it will be mostly 50-50 uh, between the fans. So this is a, a game where, you know, usually I don't call out the model, but this is a game where, like, the model needs to grow eyes and, like, actually watch okay. these games okay. and, you know, maybe go back through history and see what these games are. You know, you talk about rivalry games all the time. I'll throw the records out the window, yada, yada, yada. yada. But <laughs> right. that's, not, that's not always the case. But in Army-Navy, like, it's literally like this – that may have been where, you know, this phrase was termed and coined <laughs> because Army-Navy, throw the records out the window. It's going to be a good close game. Obviously – nobody um plays a style that's going to allow itself i think to this for this game to get very out of hand i have been fooled once earlier this year i said that the air force navy game was going to go over the total and yeah that that didn't happen um that same logic does not apply to the army navy game those games do not go um over they go under very 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 consistently um but you know, usually I would say, oh, yeah, play the under, love playing totals. No, nine and a half points with Navy. Navy's been playing uh, a lot better the second half of the season. Nine and a half points is a lot of points in this game. So official play for me here, I'm going to be taking the nine and a half points with Navy. I, you know, obviously would love something like 10. So maybe wait till next week and play it. But even nine and a half, feel more than comfortable uh, getting those nine and a half points. I think that's going to be plenty to, to cover here. Uh, I, hey, I'm on the other side. I'm I'm laying the nine and a half with Army. The model, uh, you already kind of alluded to this, the model makes this Army minus 13 and a half, again, giving no points for home field. I think Army is a much better team. Navy has been playing better lately, but the competition that they faced, to me, is not of the same caliber as Army. I think you make an interesting point in the throw the records out the window, but and, and I could be wrong here, but I feel like a lot of these games do turn out to be blowouts because one team is not letting off the gas because they want to win and they want to win big. And so mm -hmm. these Army-Navy games to me have have tended to be, it's almost like we talked about with Iowa-Michigan. I think it's going to be a very similar setup where right. these games have tended to be, one team comes in, there's been a couple of years that have been close, but for the most part, one team has come in much better than the other. Most years have been Navy. A couple of years lately, it's been Army. But most yeah. years in, our, in recent history, it's been Navy. And it's either been Navy wins by 40 or it's been a really tight game. And for a lot of those years, Navy barely won. Then one year, Army got the upset. But uh, it, it's either going to be a three-point really close game or it's going to be a blowout. And so right. I, I think um, I, I get what you're saying. If you are liking Navy, hold off and see if you get that 10. I think this number yeah. will balloon out a little bit more. I think it's going to go towards that number of 13. I just think that... Army is in a different class of the teams that Navy's been playing. And I think that it's more likely this game becomes a blowout than a close game. And so that's why I'm on Army on this one. Um, but of course, we'll see how, how it goes. Always fun to have a head-to-head -head here, especially to, to wrap up the regular yeah. season. Yeah. That wraps us up for another episode of Picks with the Professor. We'd like to thank you for tuning in. Please subscribe or follow if you aren't already. We will have bowl podcasts. So if you're subscribed, those will appear right in your feed right when they first release. Remember, 
You can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.